phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my hand. I'm just trying to turn the volume up a little. How's that sound? As Good. if I care. Yeah. Welcome to Everyone Racers, a show designed for the world of low-dollar racing and oddball car culture. It doesn't matter what kind of Lemma Champ or Lucky Track Dog you run, SCCA or NASA, we won't discriminate. As long as you drive it hard and built it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussion, tips, tricks, news and notes in the world of low-dollar endurance racing, and whether it's on the spot, hella sweet, or we're lucky enough and Chrissy gives us just the tip, we are sure you're going to giggle a little and learn even less. Everyone report to the paddock. This is Chris. This is Chrissy. I'm Jeff. And I'm Mental. And we are Everyone Racers. Thanks for coming back and listening to a 107% rule of our podcast because it's episode 107. If you're not driving we're a car all back right together now. Again. We are. We, we're, we're full strength. Yes. And that, that's, that's worth celebrating. I think I'll have a drink. <laughs> um, <laughs> Am I the only one without an alcoholic beverage uh, in front of them? Right, yes. you're busting it so early. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Wah, wah. Uh, wah. So anyway. So, wah, wah, well, before we get to that, because if you're not driving a car, oh, you should be playing that E1R bingo, taking those screenshots and sending them to us on our okay. various social medias. I just refreshed my bingo card to see if I get anything already. Yep, Dope. we already said just a tip. That's good. Let's keep going. Stop it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, just the tip is like it's in the intro. So Yeah, exactly. It's kind of hard not to get. That was a corner spot, too. I'm pretty excited. Oh, it's kind of hard not to get just the tip. Jeff, what are you yeah, working that's on? That's what she said. <laughs> oh, yes. We're oh, back. This is going to be a golden episode. <laughs> wait. Wait, have your have your cards ready. Jeff worked every day since the last podcast, including the weekend. So he has had done nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have I, sympathy. Uh, I, ha- I, 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 I get my weekends off, but I, I have sympathy for you, Jeff. I will not mock your uh, you're working a lot now because yeah. that's what led to me to miss, as my wife pointed out, my first ever show. That's the first yeah, one. We, I said. we actually mm-hmm. said that at the show. We said yeah. Anyway, um, I did get to spend a lovely weekend with 20-plus college students uh, talking about social justice all weekend. So That I, sounds like my own personal hell. Yeah, yeah. So I am very ready <laughs> to talk about the um, uh, uh, all of my points Anything of privilege, else? Uh, uh, the patriarchy, uh, what it is to be toxic male syndrome. Wow. So, You're so great. toxic. Let's do this. No, 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 I am a positive male. I am not. You are. I know. That's why I'm it's sarcasm. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't come off. <laughs> right? That's not very nice. No, wait. The only thing you lose at a social justice weekend is the ability to recognize sarcasm. Mental. Go ahead. Say. <laughs> <laughs> oh. that, and that, that actually, that actually, not the sarcasm bit, but the the whole thing ties into a conversation I was having with Chrissy on our group text. If you guys have not listened to this week's season end of the Tempest podcast, you need to. It is, and I love that show. He's had some great shows, but this one, it's the shortest one. It's 36 minutes. Our former teammate, guest, and buddy, uh, Steph Schrader's on there, and it is a very interesting, realistic take on what women automotive journalists have to deal with that males don't. Mm, cool. I'll um, check it out. I I couldn't find it 
how do I? The Tempest gave me everything. No, oh, just Tempest. One word. Tempest. I, I said the Tempest. Little little T on the the big T on Tempest. It's David Obershowski, Tempest podcast. It's it is probably my Got it. favorite non amateur endurance racing podcast. Good. Thank you. I favorite podcast I you're not on. <laughs> actually actually i did pitch him a story uh for during season one but yeah got it all right we will cool. test it uh chris what you working on uh getting ready for watkins for initially for the civic didn't really take much it required putting on the new fuel injectors that i got back from the ones i got out of the junkyard i sent off to marin to get balance they came back within two percent stuck those in they were fine now we have a spare set of known good and a balance set in the car so that's nice now put some epoxy in the windshield cracks because of course right after you put a brand new windshield in the car the very first race it gets multiple cracks in it because that's how it goes Uh, yep got the spare wheels tires on them packed the trailer and then uh drove at watkins it was pretty cool and since then, I've we're spent going to every- talk about watching. We'll talk yep. about that later. Yep. Yeah. Since then, I've spent every evening, every minute, as soon as I come home until I go to bed, working on the solstice because that's how it goes. So <laughs> he's having civic flashbacks with the turbo motor, oh, digging no. around in boxes every of bolts race. with his headphones on. Uh, it's it's different stuff. I got the passenger door bars welded. I'm making a seat mount. Every time I make a new seat mount, I forget how much work it is to make seat mounts. And this one, the car we had a great <laughs> seat mount. It was perfect, except it was fixed. It was on the floor and was fixed. And Chrissy and Tom Lomino aren't going to be able to see over the dashboard. And no. so I'm putting a slider in <laughs> no, it. Tom and- Lomino needs to sit on a phone book. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm working on that. I, I have think the seat I mount need to most of the way. Book. I have the seat mount more than halfway done. I got the fire bottle mounted. Um, I've got a bunch of parts and things. I think I've got everything we need for a hella thrash work weekend. So there we go. Jeff. So I'd like to mention that uh, we very, very importantly tried not to talk to each other during the off week so we don't, you know, burn the podcast statements. This is the first time I'm 100% sure that the Civic did not break at the NASA weekend. So I'm very excited. Civic's totally fine. Civic's a champ. Yeah, it, it did so well. It was cold. Yeah. We have to make it warmer. That's what we have to do. We'll we, talk. I guess we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. We had to put uh, a, a cardboard in front of the radiator to actually get the thermostat to open ooh. to get the ECU out of warm up mode because it was putting like nine to one fuel ratio through, through the and the, the blue light. Are you saying that won't work? The blue no. light that tells you it's all cold was like yeah. giving me a sunburn because yeah. it was just on the yeah. whole time, so, and it was very very fashionable. We would just lop off a piece of the the um, top of a shoebox. That's all the cardboard we could find in our paddock. So we just said, oh, "We're just going to cut this off." That's what but we used for our... half the radiator and worked great. Car came right yep. to top. It was no problem. It's, it's Hi, Papa time. John's. I'd like to order a pizza box. No, yeah. no, you don't understand. I don't, <laughs> I don't need want the pizza. pizza. <laughs> Yeah. We'll tip the driver. Just bring me the box. Did, yeah, did fortunately, you in a lemons paddock, you can always find box. So that <laughs> that didn't work. No, that wasn't no, what I, I meant. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> cardboard, cardboard. Sorry. Did you did you cover the cardboard in tin foil? No, because it wasn't raining. Okay, okay. we've done that in the past yeah, to make it, sure it survives. It was rain. all dry. It wasn't raining. It was fine. And we didn't yeah. need it all day. We only needed it when it was really cold in the mornings and kind of 
uh, yeah. by the time all, it warmed up. And ducting the and the giant radiator in the car. You know, it works. So Extra it works a little well. <laughs> Yeah. Good to know. Mental, what you working on? Oh, I'm sorry, Chris, was that the end? I, yeah, I yeah, interrupted. Yeah. Sorry, right. Mental, what you working on? If you guys remember a few weeks ago, I told you about there was a weird clatter coming from underneath the valve cover of the Volvo. Yeah. And we, that drove us to buy Vicky a car. But it's here. So I've been riding a scooter to work until we moved into the house. And I've just been, uh, I actually had the VFR serviced and had the front forks rebuilt. So, you know, haven't cared about the Volvo to do yeah. anything with it. So Living finally, in the desert, you can ride the bike a lot. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's great. So I, I finally pulled the valve cover off. The center driver's side head bolt had backed out. Ah, you just, don't need that one. Just that, yeah, just that one. And that was, well, I did. So I, I, I tightened <laughs> it back down, but it's, I, I think it backing out of there opened up the head gasket because now it goes straight to overheating and it's actually real overheating, not the fake overheating I thought about a year ago because the heater blows cold air when I turn it on full heat. So I, I think the head gasket's gone, which probably means I need a new head. Mm, here, well, here's, uh, just make sure you have enough coolant in it because if you boiled out some coolant when I missed that, there's not enough coolant in the system, which is why the heater's not blowing any heat. And also my the gauge might be showing hot because it's just sitting in steam, which is hot. And so, I, I did I did check it and after I tightened down the head bolt and put it all back together, took it for a run around the extended block and when I pulled back in I could hear the boiling in the overflow tank. Oh, yeah, you're done. Mm. Yeah. Did you wah, use wah. very important question, did you use a torque wrench? To torque the head. No. <laughs> he did it Swedish torque spec. It's the good and tight. Did you do it? In the, did it need an order? Did you do it in the right well, order? It was only one. It was only one. Yes, I did it in order. I went one. I'm no, no, sorry, I missed that part. Next, next question. I apologize. So did, did you, you check yeah. any other bolts to see if they were also loose? Yes. Oh, good, good. One, which is, one which out of three. Which is how I came up. Three. Which is how I came up with the Swedish torque specs because all of them were immobile, like you know. So yeah. I, that's that's how much I took that one down to. And how I mean, I figured was that was what Just, was going to happen. How, how tight yeah. was it? Okay, tight. Thank you. Uh, all, valve cover valve cover bolt is eh, tight, but you know, head bolt you got to put some grunt into it. It's, it's evolved, so I guess it's Viking tight. Viking tight. Well, and Let's, honestly. Two weeks ago, I decided I'm buying a Mercedes, so, you know, the Volvo can wait. Let, yeah. Let's for a moment pretend that uh, we have new listeners, if it's just not Chrissy's family. Uh, why don't you tell everyone <laughs> what kind of Volvo this is? Because it's a Excellent. red block, right? No, no, no. This is an old 1986 Volvo 240 normal layer aspirated. Which is a red block. Okay, because the block isn't red. No, but it used to be, and it still kind of counts. And then later on, it became the white block, and the 850, and the V70, and blah blah blah. blah. Okay, because anyway. it is it's it's the it's the big one. It's the 2.3, not the little one. That's the, the turbo. Big one. Yeah. <laughs> so, when 2.3 is the big one, Chrissy, and I'm, gonna, oh, I'm gonna fix it because Volvo wagon. Why wouldn't? Well, I? now, mental. If if the motor's bad, there's got to be a turbo Volvo somewhere that's been crashed or something yeah but then he has donate. to do do it it's not yeah. much more work than it's it's remove one engine put another engine that's almost identical into it, it just has a little more piping and a different computer well and everything he said is true but all of the junkyards here because it, the, and i've talked about this before it surprises me 
every Volvo in the junkyard is a front-wheel drive Volvo. It's all the new stuff. So none of the old 240s, but I have been searching on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace uh, looking for a turbo because that's you, what's going to happen. Yeah, you just got to find just, that guy who's got yeah. them all sitting yeah, exactly. out <laughs> behind his house in the desert. But yeah, but he wants me to pay for them. I got to find like that college student whose parents gave them the 940 turbo wagon <laughs> and then From the died. Bay Area, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Right as they got their first like grown-up job and I buy that one. That's true. Where the automatic transmission failed. Yeah. Oh, well. uh, all you got to do is uh, call up any of the Burt guys and say, hey, you got a couple of <laughs> yeah. laying around? I don't think I can actually get any farther away from them and not go to California, though. It's true. Well, true. no, yeah. um, Jim lives in Salt Lake. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, but Jason they, they, lives in No, Bay they don't Area. have any. They don't have engines there. No. Yeah, Russ but is it? I say Burt's back up north. All. Well, Bert, and all the Bert all the, has lived just about everywhere. Yeah, but all the action happened at in Vermont. Russ, Russ is the one that fixes everything. He's in Vermont. It's Russ true. Scott. He's in Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right, uh, Chrissy, tell us what you're working on. Yeah. So, so I was in uh, Watkins Glen this weekend. We're going to talk about all of that. That's going to be our main topic. So we'll talk more about our experience Super there. Jelly. Super mm-hmm. jelly. You, yeah, should, you should be, be. because. It was just as good as you thought it was going to be. I don't want to uh, give it away. No. Um, so, Dan, Sykes is, Dan Sykes keeps teasing me with open seats and big red at, at, at Watkins Glen, and I am so tempted. OMG. We're going to talk about it later. Anyway, I want to go on there. Um, so now we got home on Sunday. No problem. Um, we are now cooking up. I'm cooking up a storm while Chris is working on the solstice and everything in the garage. I'm trying to pack and cook and all the stuff for um, New Hampshire. Try to get whatever we can ahead of time now. Uh, put it in the freezer. Get it ready for next week. Uh, also prepping for this well, work weekend this weekend. We have a couple nights that I have stuff to do. And uh, yeah, so it's busy around here, but we're having a good time. I am. I know I really wanted to make it out there for this weekend, but I think the four-day weekend drove the prices up. I'm really sorry. Oh. It's okay. I know. Oh, no it'd be great if just other You're not teammates. actually driving the car this weekend, so I'm not really upset that you're not here helping. I feel like though my help to drive ratio with the three pedal mafia cars is way in the red. Like I owe a lot of work weekends. No, you, you, you tried hard when you were down in Georgia, you came up here a bunch. You know, I feel like you did. You gave me faith back at some of the times where I was disheartened of (laughs) why do I do all this work so other people can drive. And then sometimes a mental would show up on a VFR like, hey, <laughs> this makes so, me feel better. Yeah, I've had, yeah I have a business a trip to ago, Tucson. Then, so. Yeah, I have a business trip to Tucson at the end of the month. And I, I looked at a map and looked at how long it was going to fly me or take to fly. Yeah, I'm taking the VFR. Mm-hmm. Air, air VFR. Why? Well, well, if, yeah. if you had a Mercedes, too, that would probably be even faster. and more. Oh, if I had the Mercedes, stop. I might be able to beat the plane. Stop I, it. I, should but, we put that in news and notes? <laughs> Why don't we do that? News and notes time. <laughs> Mental, I hear you're buying a Mercedes. Why don't we start there? What? No, that's not news and notes. Yes, Greg. It is. Yes, Greg. <laughs> Tentative news and notes. On a on a text conversation discussing various points, uh, I, I had sent Chris a couple of cars that I was considering because Vicky said I could get a grown-up car. And so, you know, like, like any good gear-headed, I... I bounce it off this guy who's smarter than me that goes, that's a dumb idea. That's a dumb idea. That's a dumb idea. So while no, Chris was in... They're uh, okay ideas. It just, just understand the pitfalls going into them and take care of them and you're fine. They were fine ideas otherwise. 
Yeah. What what kind of crappy BMWs like were these? E forty six M three isn't stuff. Yeah, which, no, no, they're great. It was cars. A, it was an SM, it was an SMG E forty six M three for nine grand from a bank. Yeah, so that means it was well maintained by the person who got it repoed because you know obviously if they could make their payments, they were <laughs> obviously you, taking yeah, care of the you, exactly. the incredibly <laughs> expensive maintenance that those cars have. But they're worth it. They're great cars, mm-hmm. but you just get you know, got to catch up. Yeah, it, but yeah, so yeah, it was. It was I, I hear it was those do that. Uh, SMG pumps are really cheap to replace too. Well, no, <laughs> the best part is you just take the SMG stuff off and convert it back to manual, manual because yeah. it is a manual transmission. Just, the SMG is just an, an automated shifter. Yeah, so you just make yeah. it manual again. So we 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 played that game. So when New Hampshire is done and the Mercedes is done and the Citroen is gone. And he gets a moment to breathe. I might be getting a Mercedes. Yeah, yep. this is this is like a long term plan. So yeah. we should just not be so excited because oh, right now we... well, he can be excited. He also knows he's not ever going to get a better car than this from anyone else in the whole country. Sure, so, it's just yeah. not like hold, hold on a second while I check off someone pronounces Citroen incorrectly. Okay. Nice. And, and so, so when I I told. I told the loving and patient Vicky about this. She was like, well, da 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 I'm like, hey, remember that car you test drove? Well, I'm getting a better one. And she's so, you know, she's giving me the hairy eyeball. Is this a really good idea? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, well, no, it's it's Chris and Chrissy. She goes, oh, yeah, OK, that's fine. <laughs> now, now, what about the current crappy E46? Like the one with oh, the exploded... Oh, that that went to the Ooh. junkyard like two weeks ago. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, really? Like junkyard? Towed it, towed it there on the half magic drinky ass trailer. Shut up. Wow. Did you get anything? Uh, drove it. Drove it. Oh yeah, no, I got a, uh, I think uh, uh, two eighty, cash, like literally cash put in my hand. So you I basically had rented it for about seven hundred bucks. <laughs> For a couple of weeks, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> okay. And well, and then and then decided while I was renting it, it needed a three hundred dollars pair of tires. But yeah, yeah. Oh. So he rented it for a thousand dollars for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Let's all move right. on. We're ready move to move on. on. That was a good story. Okay. So get this: if you want to be a professional racer or driver, somebody came up with this idea that there are oh, plenty I do, of parallels. Plenty of parallels to owning your own business and race car driving. So I was reading this article that was seventy percent of them fail. No, um, okay. <laughs> I mean legit, right? This is the same idea. Um, that, that it was in Forbes, and one of our besties, Bill, sent me this article because it features a woman. So Tatiana Calderon, who is a test driver, test driver for uh, the Alpha F1 team, uh, she has hopes of competing in F1. She's oh, the. She is a yes. Right, so she's a woman who is the she's like the next woman who will hopefully be racing in F one. Because so, uh, since Susie Wolf, there hasn't been any. That's awesome. Correct. correct. Right. So she's like kind of the poised to be the next one. So the author of this person was talking to Tatiana about her experience, and he came up with these ideas of why professional racing is like entrepreneurialism. So the first item: building self confidence and trusting times. So basically, they're saying we're everybody's busy. Uh, you keep learning and you figure out, but really what the answer is, is figure out what works for you and not just what for works for other people. So you figure out what you want to do and go for yourself. Next item, doing what you love for the challenge. So there are a lot of challenges for women in this sport, in a sport of racing. 
So for every setback, don't for, don't focus on the results, air quotes, of the race. Um, sorry, I was trying to see what was giving us a tour of the kitchen, including which I, beer he should select from the fridge. Well, I'm getting a little was, dizzy. I yeah. know, and I thought he was giving the look at it. Keep reading. I know. I was. I'm sorry about that. I was in the corner of my eye. I didn't know what was going on. So um, don't you know don't focus on the results of the race remember what you do because you loved what you do you love racing and don't think about it um just on focus on the race results uh the last one is using what the naysayers use say as motivation when people say that women don't belong in a race car typically this is obviously guys are the saying that you don't belong in a race car. How do they know that you don't belong in the race car? Uh, to motivate you to do better when people say you can't do something. So this is not just for women, uh, all of these items and thinking about it this way. It's for those people that aren't the best people on their race team. They're not the best drivers. When you're thinking down about yourself, uh, think about if you're running your own business, how you would do that and how you would do it successfully. Don't, um, think about all of the failure points. Do, do it because you love it. Yes. And I, I apologize. I was actually just trying to distract the two people who weren't reading. And the person who I actually wanted to keep talking was the only one paying attention. No, no, I wasn't paying attention. But it was it was hard to not see what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, hey, do you guys know that the UAW is on strike? And no. The, the longest running strike in GM for 50 years. Yeah. yeah so uh, there was an article in USA Today, link in the show notes, that um, are you ready to wa- cry for uh, for GM? They announced that the 2020 C8 won't be delivered in time because, according to GM, it is still building C7s <laughs> to finish out the order. 2019 C7s and they have not yet retooled the factory and they blame the UAW for this. Can they just cancel those last orders? Because who who really <laughs> is the one ordering like a C7 now? Crap. No. We've been doing story uh, a, a story huge A huge chunk year. of people actually went and ordered them when the C8 was uh, uh, came out. Oh, it's because yeah. I don't want We've none been... of that mid-engine crap. That ain't no Corvette. I don't Corvette. want the good one. Yeah. I, exactly. good one. Uh, I refuse to call it a Corvette. We've been doing stories for almost a year now about how the C7s are languishing on the lots of GM because no one wanted to buy it waiting for the C8 because the C7 was so long in the tooth, although still a great car, still a great price. But seriously, they were giving them away six months ago. I doubt highly there's lots and lots of orders waiting. Sounds like a BS story from uh, GM to, uh, you know, try and get people on their side. Remember, just from the social justice retreat, I'm with Union, baby. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so th- those those eight guys with their New Balance sneakers and gold chains can have their front engine C8, C- C7s and be happy about it. So. Don't forget the uh, the pouting dolls, which are just oddly creepy at every friggin' car show. I, uh, we should I get a bunch this... of them together and light them on fire as an effigy at a lemon's <laughs> race. That would go well. We should, that would probably go over really, really yeah, exactly. well. We should just we should just like 
line a car like all the way around the car with them on the outside and secure them well enough that you can drive with them on. I don't know what you're talking about. Ooh, I like oh. this. Those little things that do this. At car shows, yeah. it's these like oh. timeout <laughs> doll things. Like, right? yeah. No, but they're like in, in old people's yards. Right? Yeah, they're like. Every hot rod that has uh, lawn chairs in the trunk has one of these things. <laughs> I was oh. at the. Oh, yeah. I was at Is the Barrett Jackson. Thing? Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. Huge. That's where they got their start. I actually, I, I should have put this under news and notes, but I forgot because a bunch of my old friends when I first came here in 2003 came back into town in Las Vegas. And it, the weekend gets really fuzzy after that. But we actually made it to the Barrett Jackson auto auction. And um, you could not believe the hate being spewed on the mid engine Corvette that was on display there. All by, all by Whatever. old guys who apparently all of them brought their daughters. I don't know how that all worked out. I, I didn't realize that many daughters were into these auto <laughs> Nieces. They're nieces. nieces. They're nieces. Yeah. You okay. wouldn't kiss a daughter like that on the mouth. Step, stepdaughter, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it got to the point where anytime I saw some guy walk by with, you know, an age-appropriate woman, I just wanted to high-five him. Say, good for you, man. <laughs> All right, we've insulted everyone, and we have a lot of right. <laughs> I know. Right? So more into insulting. Your next news story. This is not insulting. This is great. That lucky dog gets in bed with Hankook. They get discounts and guaranteed availability. It's fantastic. So Hankook Motorsports, official distributor of Hankook Competition Tires North America, has been announced as series title sponsor of Lucky Dog Racing League, a three-year agreement confirming their alignment with the fastest-growing grassroots endurance series in this segment of motorsports. Starting in January 2020, Lucky Dog Racing League, powered by Hankook competition teams, will be required to run Hankook Ventus RS4 tires, offering teams guaranteed stock, exceptional discounted pricing, expert support, and 3,000 in free tires at every event. So I read through the whole thing. In short, everybody's got to run Hankook RS4s if they want to get a podium finish or contingency. If you don't care about a podium finish or contingency, run whatever the hell... All season, you know, Douglas extra track you want, that's fine. <laughs> sure, sure. Apparently, more than 70% of the Lucky Dog field were already running Hancock RS4s, as do ah. we, because they are the best endurance racing 200 treadwear tire out there right now. Hashtag, at the moment, totally at the moment. Yeah, well, I, said, I said, right now, right, right now, they're, now, they're yeah. the tire du jour. We run them on everything because they grip well and they last like nothing. Uh, Seriously. So some of the rules are you have to buy from Hankook directly, and they give you a tire that's branded with Lucky Dog on it, too, as well. Uh, winning gets you tires. If you, if you win your class, you get two tires. If you win second place, you get one tire. If you win the whole like points thing, you get a set of tires, and et cetera. Uh, everyone gets discounts. Like the, the big, fat meats we keep in the front of the Honda, 225, 45, 15s, are like 103 bucks plus shipping. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's right. amazing so yes we yep. love you Hancock. sponsor us and so that's great and plus you're gonna get like three races out of the thing so yeah this just means more excuse overdrive the car tires are cheap go um, <laughs> no don't do that no 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 no, no. <laughs> no, no don't. hey the uh, guy that built the car said i could overdrive it no yeah, right. you're not there this weekend, so that's good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> they're even trying to set up some preferred mounting shops. They're going to have you know, a fixed price for mounting and deal with race cars and weird tires and set up like that. So anyway, uh, race, racelucky.com slash rules slash handcook if you want to find out more. But hey, there we go. News from Oops. our world. Awesome. 
Let's talk about race results and let's try and shorten them up, everybody, because we have a lot of things to talk about when we get to the we're actually doing two main topics. So we're going to try and do them kind of squishy. Last weekend, Champ Car was at pit race. Uh, Apparently, 74 cars were listed to start. 68 of those took the green and the overall went to rbankracing.com in their 1988 Honda CRX. They also set the fastest lap of the weekend with a two minute flat point. Five, two, three, which is, that's quick at pit race. Yeah, we've done that. We can do that again. We have. We have. I just like that also that they're running an 88 uh, CRX. That's well on them. So a mere 3.2 seconds behind was Whiskey Tango Foxtrot in a 91 Miata. And third went to the Team Saline and the Mustard, uh, which is uh, their Porsche Boxster, 99 Porsche Bobster. And in Champ Car, that is a Class C car. The Chevy Beretta, because we were excited the Chevy Beretta was out there, was Hell seventh yeah. overall. Hell yeah. Seventh overall, ran a 205, and was fourth in Class C. Cool. That might actually be faster than the bullet out of the gun Beretta around that track. I mean, <laughs> how, how they got what is basically a Corsica coupe. Like if someone said, hey, you're going to get a Chevy Corsica and run a 205 around pit race, we'd say, no effing way <laughs> so whatever they did good for them Tons. all right lemons at the ridge 29 cars but what a wonderful track you know but 29 cars it's like a track day especially on a long track like that they're gonna have run totally anyway 31 showed up all 31 did laps which is great salute racing got overall and, with 383 laps hmm? i say it's also rare yeah 383 laps, best time of 158. The Tronin Commando 1B in a Volkswagen again Suck on it, BMW drivers. <laughs> Onset Tetanus was second in B by two laps. Lemonbird came in in 11th, winning C-Class, which is great. Nice job, everybody. Uh, org choice was the Camaro Islanders Dangle Camaro number 23. It was dangle, yellow. Dangle Camaro, man. Dangle Camaro, man. Uh, it was number 23. It was yellow. It was ugly. And we have no idea who won IOE. <laughs> I was just checking the social media now. Who cares? Yeah, yeah no, I was doing the same thing. Sorry. Upcoming races. All right. Uh, don't forget, folks, Sonoma, you've got a deadline, or uh, sorry, December 7th and 8th. The deadline is coming up this week if you want to run Sonoma, and you do. But Lemons, Gingerman, the Tony Swan Never Say Die races this weekend, in addition to generally one of the greatest family-owned feeling kind of tracks. I love Gingerman Raceway. It's a great time out there. It's a lovely place to go camping. They've also are going to have valve cover racing, which Eric talked about last week, which is going to be cool. And at Gingerman, they've got 107 cars scheduled to make it. That's a big field for Gingerman. That is. It is. It is. That's a big field anywhere. It is. It's 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 going to be tighter in the paddock, I think, than in on the track, because there's not a lot of paddock out there now. Unfortunately, ten of those are BMWs. Boring. Boring. Three of those are Miatas. Awesome. Fifteen Hondas. Fifteen yeah. Hondas. What? <laughs> two P cars. Two P cars and a collection of really great done. Poor choices that are so great, I had to put them all under Jeff because it's just awesome. So now, before we get to the breakdown of how we look at this race, Rude, who's very excited about this event, sent us some highlights. Yeah, so uh, uh, there's a quart low, which is the Oreo Speedwagon, which if not you know it, it's 
Yeah, it's a Del Sol with a red wagon wrapped around it with an Oreo <laughs> on the back. <laughs> big ass Oreo. I love it. it. I mean, it's so meta and but so wonderful. It's it's all right up there with the Turtle Eclipse of the Heart. Yes. Oh, totally. Yes. Right. So that's great. Um, Thomas and Friends Jetta, which Eric says, I think they ran like three laps once. So <laughs> hopefully they can go for four this time. Um, uh, Escargot, old Cutlass Sierra S. Cause, you know, we'll see how that goes. S, right? That's going to well, be good. Well, they were, they were an amateur. It was like their first race ever, the first time when that car made its debut at the last race. And I think they got org choice or something out of it, but it was a – it was a really good effort out of a rookie team with a terrible car. That's a Cutlass Sierra. Uh, like, that's a Lemons car. It's a Cutlass right? Sierra. Right? <laughs> if only I kept mine. Um, so we have <laughs> the HHR, uh, the monkey, uh, excuse me, the gar- uh, garbage red car Del Sol built by high school students, monkey paws Opal, the Pinto wagon, and Andy Bailey's super cheaty LL swapped five series, the MC5. Hey, at least he owns it. That's good. Mm-hmm. MC5, is that, is that like the the group, like the music group? Anyway, there's a Suzuki Esteem, uh, Fast Al's coming to Michigan. Uh, always like seeing teams going to races outside their home region. Uh, the Rolls-Royce is making its third attempt. Uh, they are running out of Viper motors. Who knows? <laughs> they actually might not be running a Viper motor because there was some discussion about what else he should put in it. So... We'll see what it shows up with. Iron uh, Duke. Yes. Worth noting the Suzuki Esteem that I mentioned a minute ago has done more miles in one race than the Rolls Royce has done in two. And Raise you should your follow them. Just... <laughs> nope. nope. Okay. Follow them on Instagram at Rolls Royce Don't Care. Yeah. Now, uh, I know some other things that Eric liked the two door coupe revival, which is a legit. 300ZX Turbo that has done also as many laps in two races as the Rolls. Uh, there are two Lincoln Mark 8s that are both slow as hell, despite having 280 theoretical horsepower, and finally, a 2000 Buick Regal, which is the most rust belt entry possible, and I typed in, jug of what? I mean, if it were the sporty Pontiac version of the Regal, the Grand Prix <laughs> GCP, that's the Juggalambo right there. But. Yeah, the Juggalambo. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's the Juggalexus? I always get that one mixed up. The Juggalexus is the uh, is the um, Park Avenue, the Bonneville. No, Park, the Bonneville. Bonneville, the Bonneville. yeah. Bonneville. Okay. The SSEI, I believe, mm-hmm. is. Yep. Uh, anyway, Eric also needs some more sentiment or s- some more sentiment and fun stories for Nelson Ledges. Nelson's Ledges. Sorry, I forgot to <laughs> pluralize that correctly. Um, if you're at Gingerman, make sure to hit him up. Um, yeah, there he goes. Great. I know I did hit Eric up for that. He wrote me a nice little thing back. I still got to just do the video and tell him some of the very sad awful things i've tried to banish from my mind since we were at nelson ledges but anyway but that was that was the genesis yeah because it ultimately it ultimately resulted in literally what we're doing right now yeah i know also that's why we get when we get the wartburg and all the stuff and anyway so um some of the good from from uh ginger is going to be rust belt racing in their civic wagon i actually don't know if they're any good but it's a civic wagon that holds a special place in my heart so i'm going to call it good <laughs> Uh, lemonade racing is always at the front of the pack with their e30 land sharks always not far behind with their civic and cone killer in their turbo solstice won uh, the minnesota race i think it was so they're 
you know, got a chance. And hell, I, I like seeing one of those actually survived, considering I'm thrashing on one right now. So that's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the adventurous, uh, there is a 94 Dodge Stealth. B2 Butt Bombers Racing. There's a 76 Gremlin from Team Shellshocked. There's a uh, 72 Opal GT from Monkey Paul. There's an 89 Buick Riata from Tonk and the Interference Fits. Is that what it is? <laughs> okay. Okay. It's All right. Riata, okay. Whatever. Yeah, sure. Just show up with a Riata and you got it. There's a 95 Pontiac Transport and a 47 Plymouth Deluxe from Bad Decision Racing and a 944. Yeah, that's about it. But the name you, of the 944 is good. Scheißmeister. Yeah, Scheißmeister. Inclu- including the, the double S of Scheiss. The, the, what is that? A, what is that? A, what is the name und, of that letter? Und, ja. No, it's a du- double mm. S. Double S, that's it. Yes. Double S. You mm. missed the first... Did you say the first one? No, it doesn't you say totally what kind of car it is. Exactly, just, which is just, hilarious. hilarious. You have no idea what they're bringing. That's a great decision. <laughs> they just register with TV. Which is Swan. They're right. They're Swan. 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 From yeah. Swan, Ohio. Oh, uh, zero. I mean, that's, that's almost TVD. a speedy, speedy cut mystery car. <laughs> TVD. 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 I, okay. I, maybe I'm less impressed with that. It doesn't oh, mean I, they don't know. It just means they didn't register. I feel like they, they, they have no idea. Uh, yeah, we're going to do did. this. I don't know. So Bob's like, got something in his backyard. Right, or we say like, "Oh, we're gonna bring the Z." Wait, no, we're gonna bring the <laughs> Wait, I don't know what we're gonna bring, so just to be like three pedal mafia, uh, forty-one, TBD, TBD. I think it's a thing. I thought it was funny. Um, thanks, mental. <laughs> that you thought it was funny too. Anyway, so I'm going on the funny ones. Heel and toe failures in a '93 Honda Civic. Uh, those guys are assholes. Yes. <laughs> uh, they have a B- uh, an 88 BMW and they have E30 as well as a 99 Subaru. They have two cars. Um, so the Molson straight jackets in their Alfa Romeo Spider, the sweaty sh- balls <laughs> racing. So B-A-U-L-L-S. Like, B-A-U-L-L-S. B-A-U-L-L-S. Yeah, ball. Okay. okay. Uh, and their uh, Porsche uh, 944 and beers, beer. And jelly beans in their Mercury Ecto Cougar. Yeah. All righty. See how they do. Listener feedback time. Wait, this no, feedback? no, no. Gosh, if you read the notes before you, started, I didn't. I was at work. You got to scan this. like thirty oh. seconds ahead, Jeff. Thirty uh, seconds. Sorry. Can you read That's the next copy? Wow. Uh, actually, I had listener feedback. I just didn't get to write it in yet. So oh well, then what bust is it up. It was suggested. Okay. Listener feedback. Uh, I just wanted to shout out young Chris Egan, who is not young anymore, but we still call him that, uh, because he uh, was trying to be very helpful with our Citroën troubles by talking about the Vermont loophole and sending me articles about the Vermont loophole uh, to try and get a title. Uh, But all of my research has told me that the Vermont loophole will get you tags, but not a title. It's a way to register. But if you get a registration, that's proof of ownership. And it's a non-titling state. Therefore, the proof of ownership can be transferred to a new new owner. That's all you need from a non-titling state. Well, will they do that in Pennsylvania? Because they won't do that in Jersey. Yeah, they will. If Vermont's a non-titling state, then I can register in Pennsylvania with proof of ownership of the last owner, which gets me a title here. All right. Jeff's got a new job. 
Vermont loophole. Yeah, it's worked well for the last two years. So. <laughs> so we are no, we literally, this Jersey. problem has literally existed Jersey. longer than this podcast. The yeah. Jersey loophole, the Jersey actual method is continuing to fail. So, path of least Jer- exists. Yes, everybody. and? Jersey mm-hmm. loophole, wasn't that your name in oh, college? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Call the sack. Call the sack. Not loophole. Rub your fingers together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, good thing this isn't a video podcast tonight. Just like Chris and Chrissy were itching to try a new track, you can try and do the same. Lucky Dog is always running different tracks. And we hope we'll be hearing about their 2020 schedule, which is likely to have some new places to go straight from the horse's mouth or the dog's mouth. Right there from the, yes. from the head dog's mouth. Anyway, it looks like they will still have open registration for either Dog Days of Thunder at Thunder Hill, November 23rd and 24th. It's a five-mile track. They're doing a 7 plus 7 Enduro with 100 cars. Sounds like a great time. Don't be limited to Just Lemons. Broaden your horizon. Go to racelucky.com to register or go there as soon as you find out next year's schedule. Kathy, if you're listening, we're still waiting to have you on the show. Yeah, Kathy. Again. Again, we yeah, don't like, have to you don't even have to talk about anything. You just come in there and talk about your lawn. I don't care. She's awesome. <laughs> no, no. We, we set a high bar with Eric Rude last week when you weren't around. We now only invite guests who are going to give us exclusives. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. I'd like to mention hi to Chrissy's mom. Good. That's me. Main topic time. It's time for the main topic, everyone. Time for the main topic. So, uh, two of you went to NASA at the Glen, and we the other two are jealous, even though one of them has a dog in his lap. Oh, uh, might, someone might get to check off shaky dogs for the first time in a long time. Oh, first time in a while. What? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tell us all about Watkins Glen, your NASA weekend. I guess oh. we start with prep. Tell us what happened. Yeah. before you got there but Y'all keep it short be jealous, all but yep. we want to hear about is the you should be jealous okay so anyway i started with uh taking some time to make a track map which really helps when you're going to a track that you've never seen before so we watched probably about an hour of people on track focusing on the nuances of the track um not the necessarily the car. Didn't really care about what the car's doing. So um, Bill also shared a great email and video from Racers 360, which Jeff and I had learned about in another HPD. Um, and he said, this guy is really good. And uh, I'm not sure if he had to pay for it, but basically he had a whole thing, a nice package in an email, had a few sentences about each turn and then what to watch out for, and then a link to a, about a 15-minute video uh, that had commentary on each of the corners, but then also sped up and viewed the corners together. So I don't know if all of his videos are great. Uh, th- this one was great. It was a really good, nice package, especially if you are going to a track that you didn't do your homework for and would like to and need to know what you're doing on a track. I would highly suggest it because I really found his information pretty helpful. So it's like cliff uh, notes for a racetrack. Kind of, but it was well put together. It wasn't like Google, let me watch Watkins Glen and fi- try to figure out which video was better and some you know, commentary that guy was saying like, well, this guy was holding me up and I didn't do a really good job. This one was actually a good walkthrough. And then they kind of, they backtracked, sped it up and showed you which the corners they were putting together. So I found it pretty good, pretty helpful. Awesome. Chris, did you do anything? 
I watched mm-hmm. some video, um, not as much as Chrissy, but some. And I just got the Honda as ready as it could be. I also got the Suburban prepped to camp in because it's always fun to camp. And it's a lot easier to blow the air mattress up in the back of the Suburban hooked up to the compressor in the garage than the little 4D battery-powered one that goes with it. So it's also nice I, showing up the track and having so, the bed made in the back of the Suburban. You just crash so, out. So you put all the stuff in the trailer. Except for our, our, our clothes, basically, stay in the truck. We put some stuff on top of the bed and yeah. then... And, Took it and then out. roll with the bed already inflated. Yeah. That's not a bad plan. Yes. But the Suburban's big enough that you can have the bed in the back and still have a couple feet of room to put your stuff in before you even get to the front seats. Mm, because okay. this is why the, one of the reasons the Suburban is the most useful vehicle ever made. So They are still the Swiss Army knife vehicles, yeah. yes. Yeah. There's very right. few people who have owned a Suburban that don't say, yeah, that was good, or don't still have one. So Yeah. yeah. So it's still like my open bed. Yeah. Problem is my bed's not open. Nope. So uh, y'all live in southeastern Pennsylvania, and this tra- this track, of course, is in centralish New York. Yeah, Western Finger Lakes, yes. New York. So Finger it, Lakes, it, New York. Was, it was it was a little chilly. Oh my uh, gosh, it was freaking cold. Friday, it was Friday night was Friday below night. freezing. The, I, the whoa, window, whoa, the windows, whoa, whoa! Were... It is like October. That's not supposed to happen. Windows yeah. were frosty. Oh yeah. We we and we brought a air mattress in the truck with nothing under it and some sheets on it and a comforter and no heat in the truck and it was freaking cold. Well, that's why when we woke up at three o'clock in the morning, cold, we ran the truck for a while and got it toasty warm, which helped us get through. <laughs> we need to do a little better than that. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, we need to do a little better than that. It was yeah, cold. It was a little cold, but that's all right. Uh, so getting there from our house, th- there's two ways to go. Um, we took the direct route that was supposed to be the fastest, but when towing it wasn't because it went through every little stupid, terrible, failing coal cracker town in central uh, Pennsylvania until um, it finally got to a highway. So don't do that. Uh, go the highway if you're coming from this area. So It seemed yeah. like it took us a long time to get yeah. there. Anyway, If, if um, you're in a so- nice car, though, it would have been a lovely ride. Actually, then you could sure. even go further west and like through the, through some state forests, and it would have been yeah. would have been lovely in a nice car. Yeah, New York is a trailer. No, yeah, I was gonna say New York is a wonderful state once you are away enough from the city to really enjoy the mountains and everything. So, well, so is Pennsylvania really? I've always had a great time. Uh, the various routes I've staying taken there, to and from. You know, in, in all of the places that are sadness. Which sure. is, there's a lot of sadness <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, facilities. So yes. when we got there, uh, Bill pulled up and said, where are we, I've never been here before. Where should we go to park? And he said, I would like to be close to the restrooms and registration. And, oh, Paddock 2? Was two, it Paddock 2? Yeah. They, they sent oh, okay. him, the guy said, you should go to Paddock 2. And Bill said, okay. 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 <laughs> and it was kind of like getting dark. So we didn't really know. We, we None of us knew the paddock area well enough to be able to say we need to be in this paddock. We had no garages either. So we were just being away from the garages. Um, so paddock two was not that. We had a lovely view of the grandstands, uh, had some rolling hills of New York. We could kind of see that off to the, to the one corner, but we were freaking far away from anything else. So Scooty got so many miles. Uh, we were going to our paddock. Uh, from our paddock to the garages, everything else, registration, class, downloads, dinner, bathrooms, everything was so far away from where we were. So so basically, Garage Heroes in Training has once again proven <laughs> that they are in training. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't plan this well enough. 
But well, we, just, we didn't do well. He asked the question, and you would think that like the track employee would know. Yeah, I don't yeah, blame we were, Bill. He's he's doing the best. No, he no, can, no. And that's totally no, no, fine. No. And yeah. So we were in like in the parking lot, basically by ourselves. We had a couple other cars that like liked you know paddock people that like to spread out and that kind of stuff. And there was a couple of people that were like day people that just showed up with their just indication from- number two that you might not be in the best paddock. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's no <laughs> yeah, one else yeah, yeah. there. There's no one else there. We had no neighbors at all, so it was great. Uh, we did fine, but uh, bathrooms were okay. Um, we had some, most of them had no hot water, at least what I, from what I found. One of them I found that had heat, but it was really far away, so it's okay. And basically, you, when you go to like the garages, you would get there, go to class garages, and you would do everything you need to do there. Talk to everybody you need to do, go to the bathroom, do all of these things while you're up in the highlands, and then go back to your house, and then that was yeah. that. Yeah. The showers, though, were very far away. But they were amazeballs. It was a jet of hot water that was like scalding, but it was fine. Yeah. They weren't like fancy, but hot water that seemed to never end with good pressure, which is uh, that combination is a a rare occasion. And and they had doors and like it was it was really pretty good. So So the shower was pretty good. Yeah. So I will say the facilities were they were not up to the level of New Hampshire. When even when comparing NASCAR tracks, right? You think it'd be similar. New Hampshire is is far nicer than than Watkins for facilities like there. Um, and those, are, let alone, not as good as like Barber or Laguna. No way. You know, mm-hmm. which are which are yeah, significantly yeah. better. Which but, are yeah, um, the greatest tracks in America, pretty right. much. So you uh, know. lots and lots of paddock space, though. I mean, tons of room everywhere. They had the garages. The garage did not have benches like New Hampshire. Um, classroom was a little tiny room at the end of the garages, so it was kind of lame. Um, so n- definitely not as nice as New Hampshire. Kind of mediocre for NASCAR tracks, I would think. So, and- well, and I, I don't think Watkins Glen is. Pro- I mean, they run there, but it's not a NASCAR quote unquote track, even though it's it's an IMSA track which is owned by NASCAR. But I don't think it falls into the France Empire. Well, NASCAR as, as runs there. That's goes. one of the two. That's one of the two. We've been to the, we were in Sonoma. Sonoma's facilities yeah. are better too. So I mean, yeah, Sonoma's yeah. a good compromise or good comparison of Watkins because those are the two road courses that run on NASA. Sonoma's also better than Watkins for 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 paddock. So and now and, and now, if I could ask you guys to shift your mentality because you guys have done some old school tracks. You've done Laguna. You've done some uh, uh, you with the. Uh, Exactly, Road America. Because understand, you know, Watkins dates way the hell back. How does it compare to the old tracks? Uh, For for the track itself? Track itself? Uh, No, facilities. We'll get to the track itself. And Um, and that's also an excellent question. Now, my dog's going to bark at Jeff's dog on the camera there, but yeah. It's similar. I think, actually, I think, well, Road America was. Road America probably is a little less in the way garages, um, but still lots of paddock space. Um, Watkins staff was nicer than the jerks at Road America. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know they're all okay. Yeah, it's hard, not well, terrible. I don't have a good good comparison for you, Mantle. I'm sorry. Like, no, no, but I mean, it's it's a valid thing because I mean, because yeah. that's one of the challenges. You know, Barber was built from day one to be this amazing facility, right. like, entire facility. Sure. Like Road Atlanta, there are some sketchy ass showers at Road Atlanta because it's been there forever, and so sure. yeah, it, you, it's much you, better you, than Road Atlanta. But I I feel like it's kind of mediocre in between there. Like you say that the New Hampshire facilities are good. Yeah, because oh, they have a massive bathroom with heat and like a bunch of yeah. nice showers. 
And yeah, they yeah. even have Stacks like the, of showers. They have yeah, the, never can, waited for a shower. They have a scrubby you can fall soap. like thirty turkeys all the same time in their showers. Okay, well, and they've got the nice the restaurants right there. They got the gas pumps okay. right there. Like everything's right there, and it's all good quality and nice and yeah, heated but, and but, like. But in Watkins, right. like they have a, a a snack bar there that's right there. Like the bathrooms aren't far from. If you're in a garage. Yeah. Not so I bad. I guess I'm just like, saying the bathrooms aren't as good and the garages aren't quite as good. They don't have air and they don't have the workbenches. They don't have as many. No. So but it's for, not for as racers a... like us, that matters. Absolutely. Yeah, New that's Hampshire important. Is, uh, look, let's forget all this stuff. Well, no, and we I need also, the track. I mean, the track. I to, we before we get track. to the track, before we get to the track, did you make it to the bar, the famous, famous bar? No. We never in time. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never time. So, track, track, track. The track itself. Track. Chrissy, you want to start us off? Yes, absolutely. So... Uh, I want to say my uh, the whole oh. track is fast. The Parking most off. of the track is actually fast. Um, t- a couple parts. Uh, turn two to four is the fastest part of the track, and they are the w- through the asses. Uh, really fast. Um, Chris had pointed this out and called it, and I think about it every time I go through it. Was called the um, the construction zone. So kind of you're going uh, from three to four. You're going through this kind of tunnel, and you don't really have any. You can't see anything else except for kind of um, fences and guardrails. That's all yes. you can see as you crest a hill. It's like and and by then you're going a hundred or hunt you're going very fast. So yes, construction zone. So every time I went through, was, I went. What was your song when you drove through there? Go through the construction zone. That's don't die. Don't die. Oh don't my God. die. Don't die. Um, that is the going many. through the construction zone, doing about a hundred. I didn't think I didn't have many songs on this one. Um, we basically said a couple of other things. We said don't use most of the rumble, rumble strips. So the rumble strips were um, the very edges of them were kind of flat, but if you went up over any other ones, they were car crushing. They were. Go ahead, Chris. Most of the reason we didn't do that is because we're trying to preserve the car for New Hampshire in two weeks. And I wanted to make sure we didn't uh, hurt a wheel bearing by going all those. But apparently, if you're actually trying to go fast, you use the rumble strips there. Like, you definitely use them at the bus stop. You use them at 1. You use them at 10. You use them hard. We were Mm -hmm. specifically staying off them to preserve the car for New Hampshire. Yes. So when I got somebody in my car, they were like... You should be doing that. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm not allowed. My my man said I'm not allowed. Um, uh, anyway. I hear the splitters. Or you just look at the, hey, the hey, cheese right? ball. I got a, when you hey, drop your ball, I've got a real off. race next weekend, so suck it. Yeah. Right? right? One at a time, everybody. He's just okay. trying to help me. Anyway, so um, Camber really held, held you through the corner. So if you went down into a corner that had the correct ca- uh, Camber that went into the corner, it sucked you in. You went in and and bounced right out. It it leveled the car. It did really well for what the car had. And I found this secret groove. So um, I will get back to the NASA and how they did how we did with them. Um, minimal help. Uh, they weren't really helpful, but they did every once in a while come up with this thing and said, "Hey, if when you go up into the corner of turn two, you will see this little groove in the pavement, and it goes along with the pavement. And if you hit your driver's side front wheel into this curve, this little this little crevice, it will suck you in, but it will direct you exactly where you need to go. So I get out of the car, I get out of my download, I go back to Chris and say, "Hey, Chris, this thing is a thing." 
he gets in the car and he was like, I found it and it worked. So it's, it's things like that that you end up with like, yeah, this is awesome. You find the little pieces of the nuances of the track when you go to NASA and they tell you about it. And there's, um, I don't know that I added this, but really my, um, all of every time I went to a download, everybody said, Hey, did you do the track walk last night? No. No, I didn't. But there's people that did, and they said, oh, when you won the track walk, you would have realized this. So the one good thing about the NASA, and I'm sorry, I'm just, just because it just came to mind, um, NASA, this NASA was really big on track walks. So we did not get to do it because we got in late. Um, but they said, if you had that, you would have learned all of these things about the track. Track walks, important everywhere. Uh, I know it. So so this groove you found, you were putting the inside wheel during a turn, inside front wheel into the kind of like a a, a lower portion of the pavement? Yeah. So well, I, I, I actually found it with the Miata. So, Chrissy, I mean, I probably can speak to it a little bit better than you. Um, it's on turn two. If you get all the way down to the curbing at turn two and get like your inside tires on the curbing, even though you have some camber helping you out, as soon as you get right to the curbing, you feel it just kind of suck in a little bit if you have a, the tires that are right. Then holds you into that. It's kind of like the octopus in New Hampshire. If you, mm-hmm. or not New Hampshire, New Jersey. If you stick your, your inside tires just onto the curbing there, it sucks you in and holds you into the corner a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. That's called ditch hooking. We talked about that yep, in the rally episode. Much. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, so my favorite corner, uh, two, three in the S's, out of, you know, taking things out of one, um, two, three, four is really the, actually the fastest because two, three sets you up for the a really, really long straight. So, um, that's my favorite corner. Yep. Nice. So, uh, one thing to note about Watkins Glen is that many places there is no real runoff whatsoever. That's so what if, I heard. If you go off in most of the track, you hit a guardrail usually at very high speed. This is a fast track. The Civic was mostly in fifth and sixth gears. Only we get down to fourth in the slowest corners and most of it mostly fifth and sixth. Uh, The fastest spot in the course is actually right before the bus stop. Civic was seeing high 120s, and that's with the arrow set in attack mode, so that's slowing it down at high speed. Um, It ran as fast as a 222 without pushing all the way hard. Again, we're trying to preserve for New Hampshire. And also without using any of the curbing, especially at one and the bus stop, which really will help you gain several seconds by using that. So um, felt pretty good about that. The arrow really helped in all the high-speed corners, though. Um, like coming through the the carousel, it would just hold better than you could think it would. Also through the S's. you know, I, It took me a long time to trust it, but I could basically go flat out from one all the way up through the S's up to the bus stop. So that's you know, f- all the way through that's, fifth. And that's a long section. All the way through fifth and most of the way through sixth. Like we're closing huh. at 130 there based on, on RPM and, and gear ratios, um, which is pretty solid. But it's because of the, the arrow gives us the high-speed stability to do it. Uh, you also need a lot of testicular fortitude to really get a great lap there because of all those things I mentioned. In short, though, totally in, worth the trip. In fortitude. Uh, no, testicular. That's what I meant when I said. You got to have some balls. So, uh, Or ovaries. Yeah, yeah, whatever. One of them. So <laughs> my favorite corner also, the two, three S's, because it takes some gumption to do because you're basically going through a left, right, 
uh, excuse me, right, left, S, up over a hill you can't see through uh, guardrails with no construction. runoff. Yep. Through the construction zone, blasting out the other side, and you and just even do it. And then you have a straight that is it has grass on both sides. It's fast. And then you're going up to a straight that is there's a bus stop, but all, when you look straight, it looks straight. You know, there's Forever. you know there's a yeah. track that goes forward. Um, and the I think the bigger problem is that you have so much time to think about. Um, if it, at one point there was wind, um, so there was kind of windy and it kind of like sh- threw you around. You have too much time to think about if you hit if something knocked you off or if you're close to the end of the track and you knock a wheel off, you're you're going to die. Yeah. So I think that's the bigger problem is that you have time to think about if I mess up, I'm going very, very fast and I will die yeah. well, if if not. something happens. No, no, you would. I mean, like you're going very fast. You're going to well, if, well, if hopefully I knock you just off, continue to slide sideways and not roll over. But yeah. OK. Anyway. But still, you got time that comes die. back to that. There's guardrails right there. You don't have a lot of room. That's why there's no chance we're ever going to run lemons there. And I can't believe that eight years no. hasn't had anybody killed yet. Um, yeah, like they almost did at Palmer with the rock cliffs next to Palmer. So anyway, uh, yeah, totally worth the trip. Would All recommend right. 10 of 10. Yeah, uh, totes. Yeah. All right. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about NASA Northeast? I know we're running along. I know we have other things. So yep. I'll try to keep it quick. Um, sure. it, this is probably my least favorite of the three NASA regions we run with, which are otherwise are Mid-Atlantic and Great Lakes. Uh, Northeast is not as fun as mid-atlantic other than the Honda challenge guys who are a great love group of them. people no matter where you go they are fantastic love the Honda challenge folks not just because it's a honda because they're just fun um instruction at northeast is nowhere near as good as great lakes like the download meetings are lame they don't really talk about anything um you know bill was telling me uh, you know he was uh, in no, the one or, classes i can i'll talk about two yeah, go ahead. Sure. Bill's in the one class and he's saying like they just pale in comparison. They don't really talk about much. They're just really were nowhere near of value. Um, and four at Great Lakes, there's still you know, quality downloads and we still have drills. Like there's things they're working on. They're trying to move you from four into either time trials or racing. Four downloads here. We're like, everything all right, guys? Yeah, okay. Thanks. So um, they keep to their schedules pretty well, which is nice. Their atmosphere is pretty laid back for instructors. They do have those track walks. Chrissy mentioned that's about the only thing they do better than the rest of the regions, though, aside from having some decent tracks. So um, they've got some work to do, in my opinion. Chrissy, how was two compared to the other? Totally agreed. Yeah. So I, the, most of the people were very pleasant. Um, they Most people were nice, except for the lady who runs the show is nasty. Um, and so, <laughs> it, like, legit nasty um and i like went up to where i asked her a question and i was trying to be timid and like can you just help me and then anyway no instruction at all so no topics our downloads were they didn't even talk about how to do anything better not like here's how you break here's where you should be looking not a single thing in like that two. In, in two two nothing that's crazy we had class just like we did at um, Great Lakes. We sat in class. I, I we talked about it and we said, okay, uh, here's where you, you know, here's where each of the corners are. Here's where you should be looking. Here's uh, get off track early. You know, things like that. You know, the the normal stuff that you do in HPDE, but nothing about here's the different types of braking. Here's where you should be doing this kind of, you know, vision or or you know trail breaking or anything like that um 
we discussed the issues and basically when you walked in the class or downloads, we said, okay, what were the issues? Anybody have any issues? Okay. Um, anybody it, didn't issues didn't like driver to driver issues, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like anybody holding things up, any you know, problems on the track. Okay. No one, no one. Okay, great. Um, anybody didn't point by well, which is, is hearkening back to my times when I've been pointed out as the worst person on track, um, makes me concerned about doing things like this. I don't like to play that game. Uh, I wasn't, no, nobody pointed me out, but I, I am hypersensitive to things like that when people are pointing people out on track, but there were those people that legit, you know, there's one guy who was offline the whole time. So when he, he didn't point by, I wouldn't point him by because he wasn't, he was offline. He was like not set up to be passing, whatever. So things like that, we would point out in our meeting and say, oh, yeah, you know that car? Yeah, they did a bad job. But other than that, we that was it. That was our downloads and our classroom. That's not um, instructional at all. I, no. legit, I legit had to seek out an instructor. So I went out. I went out for my first three sessions on Saturday. Finally, I pulled over and was like, can I have an instructor this time? Because in this time when in in Great Lakes they would have all these people that would kind of line up and and say hey do you want can I get in can I get in this car um i had to go find people basically people would the instructors would walk down the line and they would like ignore me and i had to so i had to stop at the at this the guy who was checking wristbands ask them i i think there was a secret um rock paper scissors that happened for who was going to get in my car like the, these two guys did not want to get in my car. I had to convince the guy that I was a nice person, that I'm a professional driver. I know what I'm doing. I just need your help in these couple of places. And he ended up being very good. And he did thank me for being safe and I, that he felt safe driving with me. But I don't know if it's the car. I don't know if it's the theory. I don't know if it's the background of saying, okay, you're going to be a two driver and you didn't feel comfortable with the people that are in two driving. But I had to basically beg somebody to get in the car with me. Um, it was just not the same thing. So that was my experience. Huh. Yes. I find, that, I find that troubling. That's yeah, that mega what's, sucks. What's more troubling is that two years ago, NASA Northeast ran an event with Great Lakes at Pit Race. So they've seen how it's done and they've chosen not to do it. Yeah. So they said download meetings are mandatory. You should do them. But there's no cards. There's, there's no value to the them. download meetings. Well, truth. Yeah. But they said they're ma- they're mandatory for you to get on track, but there's no no check and balance. No reason there's nothing. No. Like they're trying to check the boxes on some things, but they're not actually doing the thing that adds value that nope. makes it worthwhile. Nope. Anyway. Hmm. So... Um, All right, we want to talk oh, about uh, the, the your your it was Garage Heroes, right? Talk yeah, we were Garage Heroes. Yeah, we were with Garage Heroes, which was great. It was they had there were four of them there, actually four four and a half. Uh, four so it was Bill dra- Bill. They had all kinds of problems getting cars ready in the end. Bill was there with his M240i, which he didn't want to drive, which was on stock brake pads and tires, very cushy but very fast. Um, Jen was there in the 2019 ND2 Miata. Vicky was there with the Turbo NB Miata, flying Miata Turbo. Um, it's the one I wanted. Liam was there with the 86. And they had a new guy named Brad who was supposed to sign up to bring his stock Dodge Dart there, but he forgot to actually get the the course out of his shopping cart. So he was just there to watch and take it all in. And he's new Which to this all. probably best for Absolutely. all We're, of us. His nickname is Baby Bird because he's just... You know, feed me, feed me, feed me, blah, 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 and uh, all enthusiasm. <laughs> um, but 
he was so great. enthusiastic. So helpful, yeah, though. Very nice. Uh, so um, everyone did well. Everyone learned a lot. Uh, that's, that's the brief answer I'll give you. Uh, I'll also give you a brief review of, of I drove both the ND2 Miata and the Turbo NB during some time. So I'd taken people for ride-alongs. Um, yeah, yeah. Both, both lots of fun. Uh, the the ND2 is just so good stock. It just completely bone stock, but just so good, so easy, so predictable, faster than you'd think for you know, for the specs. Um, everything it does, it does well, and it's friendly and easy to reach the limits, and it's easy to play around at the limits and just go over them just a little bit and pull it back, just a little bit, pull it back. It's it's great. The NB with the flying Miata Turbo is exactly what you think it would be like in that it's not like a beast it's just feels right like and it had coilovers it had you know re71s and sc43 brakes and everything but oh um, bingo yep thank you there you go hell yeah i thought i'd throw that out there oh hell yeah um so the 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 nb was a little faster than the nd mostly because it had all the things done to it including the turbo i was seeing 125 before the bus stop in that which is pretty pretty good for a miata that's fast especially the first time i took it out the very first lap at 121 of the top latches came loose so that was exciting so we, <laughs> so we had to get back in and get that back on Pucker. Um, but what pucker moment uh only yeah. a little it was like oh damn it so brad was with me so we're both holding out of the top just leaving it forth as i get around the track <laughs> the rest of the way to get back in to put it back on correctly um so anyway miata's they're, they're the answer for a reason. They're so good. Any any of them. They all feel great. And it's nice. nice to see how the ND really still feels totally like a Miata. It's just so good at what it does. It's so much better than the rest of them. So anyway. Awesome. So you're good saying times. I should turbo my NA, right? No, I, I don't th- no. no, not your no. NA. Your NA is it's too late. Like, nope. Too late. <laughs> Get a new one. It's too late. Yes, but all the suspension is done now. Yeah, the rest of the car, though. It's it's just good as it is. Leave it as it is. And, it's true. It yeah. owes me nothing. No. All right. The, the bargain uh, in Miata's is an NC with a 2.5 swap and a Fox suspension right now. But show for a different day. Different topic, different day. Are we moving on to main topic, too? Is there yes, anything yep. absolutely. to say? The, the answer is go to Watkins Glen if you can. Go to go Watkins Glen. Go to Watkins Glen. Yep. All right, All right. Dan, I know you don't listen to this show, but we'll talk. Now, oh. <clears throat> dear kind listener, we're going to talk about next week's guest in a moment. It's going to be awesome. But as a result, what we're doing is our famous Everyone Racers new our virtual track walk for New Hampshire Motor Speedway a week early. Now, the three-pedal mafia is going to, time, weather, track allowing, they're going to do their actual track walk Friday night. So, Come with your questions, come with your beverages, follow Three Pedal Mafia around. It's going to be a great time, but we're going to walk through the virtual track now, and we'll start with the pit entry and exit, particularly, and I think someone else put this in there, but it's a valid point, the long-ass circuitous way to get on track from the paddock, which gets a lot of teams in trouble, so that's worth discussing. Okay, so go for it. Who's doing that? Me? Uh, Go for it, Jeff. It's, it's right. blue. I, I was looking for group input. It's blue. Well, all right, okay. so, so 
It is, you have to, there there are the NASCAR garages, which are fantastic garages. The facilities at New Hampshire are really world-class, and they've got these great garages, but you've got to drive all the way around them and then come by the penalty garage to get back onto the track. So that is a whole lot of paddock that you've got to drive through at 10 miles an hour because everyone's running around there on bicycles and mopeds and pit vehicles and things like that. Don't get your Irish all up and then go speeding through the paddock because you had to come in because you had a flat tire or something or get your windscreen cleaned and then get a penalty. So just suck it up. Everybody has to do the same thing. Suck it up. Got you bingo. No, um, you said get a penalty. That someone gets a black flag. That was the last one I needed for that. Oh, all right, cool. Sorry, we got yep. we're looking at two bingos, yep. uh, and then then roll onto the track to get onto the track. It's a it's a traditional NASCAR style pit. So you've got the fence where you can't go past without all your gear on, and then you are walking forever, carrying very heavy five-gallon jugs all the way down to your pit area. But they will, or at least in the past, I haven't been there in a few years, would let you stack it up against the fence when you weren't refueling your car. Are they still doing that? Yep. You can bring a wagon, too, just wagon up. So to get on the track, though, you get past Betty Blue Nose, who just to make sure that every strap you have is tight, including your trim strap, well, she'll pull down until the helmet chokes you, basically. <laughs> uh, you then drive through the paddock, the NASCAR pits, excuse me, the NASCAR pits, all the way to the end, where someone else then says you're good to go. Which, which is probably like an eighth mile. Yep. It's a ways down. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you drive this route that's right by the fence on the inside of the infield all the way like in this cone path and then you get to a point where you get to where it doesn't look like there's anywhere to go like there's just cones and you're staring at the track and it it's it it doesn't make any sense just keep going hugging the wall to your left yeah just turn will, left there it will put you on the track after turns 2a and 2b before 3 but just essentially just keep going that's important yeah. to know if you've never so- been there that's all. You're basically following a cone hallway through turn one, two, two A, and then you're released. Yes. And it's a 90 degree that you left that you can't see through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's there. Yeah. Okay. So is it two A the... or is it one and one A? No, it's it's one and then two A and B. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. We'll we'll stick with that one. I'm I'm looking at a different map. All right. So uh, I'll start with. The, the easiest part, turn one and two, 2A and 2B. So you're coming down the NASCAR straightaway, but they will not let lemons, or actually the road course itself doesn't let anyone have turns one and two on the NASCAR track. Oh, so before you do, it's kind of fun. Fair. Before you get there, there's going to be a, uh, a coned path that is going to lead you down into turn one and then turn two. And it's a, they, they call it the South chicane. Um, in a fast car, I like to get up high on that straightaway and then dive down, but you got to check your mirrors and make sure that nobody's in there doing something stupid. Like uh, when that Audi team used to come through there all the time, and I think they red flagged the track twice one year doing dumb things in turn one, trying to get up under somebody. So check, make sure nobody's trying to get onto you. Carry a lot of momentum, but you're going to want to slow it down. It's a flat section through the south chicane into turn two, which is a right, and then turn two B, which is a left, back onto the back straightaway at the NASCAR track. And then that's going to lead you down the short straight into turns three and four, which we all refer to as up the hill. 
Yeah, so uh, basically there's a shortcut. I got some, some tips on, on this whole section. There's two lines through one, essentially. Either you stay out wide and dive in, like Mental said, that's actually a little faster. Or if you need to play defense, you cut in as far left as you can coming off the straight. You usually don't need to break until after the one of, of on the on the straight that the marker's coming in. You can wait until after one when the pavement changes, but you got to get your breaking done before the second pavement change when you're really starting to turn. Because uh, um, especially when you still have the grip when you're on the banking, do your turning and breaking there if you can. So you finish your way through one, turn two, you give up completely. You do not yep. track out for a turn two. A lot of people make the mistake and they track out for two. It ruins their two two or two a whatever. It ruins 2B, their yeah. two b, and which ruins the straight into three. So you have to do not track out on the first part of turn two. Your tr- your apex is your track out. Hug the right side of the course coming out of two so that you can set yourself up for a proper two b onto the straight for going for three. Yeah, yeah. Chris already mentioned this, but I want to mention that the the NASCAR oval is really wide. Like, it is part of the lot, widest sections that you're going to be on an average lemons race. And then when you get off the oval, there's pavement changes. There's sometimes height changes. So we're going to talk about those as we go through it. So we're going to talk about going on the oval, off the oval. And, and people make mistakes because they don't realize that either the pavement changed or the width changed. Chris, you want to mention something before I talk yeah, about the short Yeah, straight? one last thing on 2B. You're doing it right as if your apex is right next to where people are coming on the track you know, through the long and circuitous route they go. If you are coming out and you're just kind of going up onto the track, like up onto the banking, you're apexing too early. The later your apex there is kind of the better because then you can you can be on the throttle a little earlier to and then push wide up into the NASCAR section. Also, watch out if it's wet. The change the the pavement is very different there. Yes. You want to be on yes. the, the close pavement has a lot more grip than the far pavement. The old worn pavement at New Hampshire is very slick. Mm. The new mm-hmm. pavement has some grip. Just be aware. And the old pavement is everything in the oval. Yes. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, it's not quite. Decades, it's like coming out of 2B. Decades of transmission has, gear. Coming out of 2B has new pavement, but then it gets into old pavement. So if you have not gotten yourself in order by the time you get through the first part of 2B, you're yeah, not yeah. going to catch it in the second part. Yeah. So so after 2B, it widens. It gets really wide. And as Chris already mentioned, you late apex 2B as much as possible. And then you're in this giant wide section. So you can carry so much speed and come all the way up to the wall there. I will mention that as you get closer to the wall, the marbles start. So basically, uh, as you go into the short straight coming out of 2B, it gets really wide. And then as it gets close to 3, it gets really narrow again because you're coming inside the oval and making a right turn, crossing the oval, up the hill, and on to 4. And I'm going to talk about as it goes down and as it goes down. But Chrissy has something to say. Uh, the traffic really stacks here. Yes. So there is so much because it is a stop. It's like a funnel. Everybody's stopping to get into this little portion uh, to go up the hill. And there's a lot of people that are either hesitant and stopping early. Um, but usually you're three wide here. So there are a lot of cars that are everybody's kind of just trying to funnel into this place. So even if, if you're getting on track, you're going to be going slow. If you're trying to zoom up the side in the middle or the or the far way far side 
you're all trying to funnel into one place. So mm-hmm. not only is it wide and there's marbles, sometimes you're forced out there depending on where you are because there's just a lot of usually a lot of people here. Yeah, I really actually don't mind going into the marbles there. You just have to be where it wary where it is. And this is exactly what I was saying. It gets really wide and then it funnels and it funnels through a section of cones. And if you blow through those cones, you're going straight to where they're crossing the tracks. So you cannot blow those cones um, in a, a a tremendously rainy situation. Uh, there have been some some be- some bad accidents here at three. Uh, a couple people have gone right into the tire wall on the far side of three. Uh, we should mention where the flag stations are. There is a flag station inside to be that a lot of people don't notice, but there is also a flag station on the outside of turn three. And that is the one that everyone can see because as it turns up four, you really can't see the track. So come down to three major deceleration, you turn, you cross over, there's some tire walls, the tire walls will get punted, so the, the shape of the inside of the turn will change as the week goes along. There are many discussions on what the line is through three. Um, some people hug the tire wall, some people go deep, but just know that three doesn't matter, what matters is four. So you're crossing the NASCAR track and you're going straight up a hill. And if you are not in the right gear or the right place or accelerating around someone or trying to make your pass, there is all the grip in the world. But if you're in a low power car, you could be in the wrong gear and really kill a big chunk of your lap because right out of turn four is a decent straight. So... The two important parts here are the straight before turn three and setting up the straight after turn four. Round the clock, I think Ben's held his hand up first. So as you're coming up turn three, you've nailed it. You've got the right gear. You've got the proper uh, the you know, limited slip on there, and you are boiling up there. Keep your eyes peeled for someone who screwed it up that is in your path and don't hit them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, totally mental. There's a lot of people that do it very badly. Um, you'll find the right way to get through three, four together. A lot of it depends on your traction and really who else is around you. Um, here's a, a Chris top tip in New Hampshire. If it's wet, this is a secret that I've had. I'm sharing with our listeners now. This is good listener advice. Ooh, I'm excited. If, if it's wet, stay left. It seems yeah. wrong, but you have all the traction in the world on the left. You have zero traction on the right if it's wet. Yeah, I kind of like the le- the left even in the dry. I know there's different ways, and you can take it different ways. You can tack it different ways. But all else, if it's open track, I'm probably a little further left than I am in traffic. And yeah. I think there's there's more um, in the wet, especially uh, the the this whole most of this track really has more. Um, the the wet the wet line needs to be is the wet line. There's some tracks that are the dry line uh, could be the wet line and the dry line. This one has the surfaces are less uh, polished. If you're going to do the wet line offline, I feel especially yeah. off of the NASCAR totally. track section. Yeah, and, and and Chris, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the reason I like to be left is if it is an empty track, I actually try and diagonal the hill. You can diagonal the hill, but usually you don't need to because you can't get enough speed up. Yeah. If you come into three, 
and you're going to if you're doing it quite right you're going to start to understeer in 3 so that when you hit the hill you then get that traction back it yeah, pulls yeah. you to where you need to be and then you're going to slow down a little bit going up the hill so you usually don't need to track out on 4 because of how narrow the start of 4 is and of how slow you're going cuz it's a hill depending on what gear you're in and etc and and when yeah. you're racing with lemons, you're going to be doing too wide there. There's oh, always yeah. there's Three always wide, four there's, wide sometimes. Well, I mean, in, in, no, I'm sorry, into four. Like uh, you're not usually. F- three wide and oh, you can't I mean, yeah, yeah. three wide into four. Um, okay, so well, are we ready to move on to four five? Yeah. <laughs> should, um, should yeah yeah all five right. go for it. Okay, five, all right. So so we're up uh, four is at the crest of the hill, and now we are coming to the little straight that is uh, going down into the carousel into the kind of bowl like thing into six. Yeah, I so, never call it the carousel. It's I was called the bowl. It is the bowl. The, the 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 track map I looked up called it the carousel, so I apologize. But when everyone drives it who's never driven before, you're like, oh, the bowl. Yeah, that's why it's the bowl. Right. Okay. So we're now off of the NASCAR track. We're up onto the outfield of the track, and uh, we're we've gone all, all up the hill. And three, we're carrying all this kind of speed. We're trying to get it back, and then now we're trying to race and to, to, to figure out who's going to be faster uh, into four five, so which is a little straight, and then we're going to go down a hill. Um, there's usually a, um, I think there's usually a cone kind of at the the track out, but. Um, I mean, obviously, the line actually is to be on the the left, the rightest side of the track, going down the side, down the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't be anywhere that, you're probably going to be doing being too wide at least, um, going down that hill. But you're trying to figure out who's going to be faster. Go ahead, Chris. As you're coming over the crest of the hill, is the flag station? They usually throw black flags, so be aware of that one. Oh, right, well, it's going to be off to your right. Yep. yep. Also, as you're cresting the hill, you cannot see the track behind you. Find something. in There's a parking lot that you can see very well, though. Find something in that parking lot that will be your site reference. Every year it changes. One year it was porta-potties for me. One year it was a shipping container. I'm sorry. This is in front of you. Yes, out in, out in the distance because you're coming yes. over the crest of the hill at five. You don't see where the track goes. It actually continues to curve right a little bit. So, But you don't know where you're aiming as you're going over the hill. So right. look in the distance. There's a parking lot in the distance. Something in that parking lot will catch your eye that will line up with where you need to be. Find whatever that is this year and aim for it as you crest the hill. But don't find things that move um, because that's where also the, the tuna um, – excuse me, the um, – pumpkin chucking chunking is happening so if you are in saturday afternoon uh pumpkin yep. chunking or the drifters yep drifters will be happening right the drifters oh right. the drifters oh my gosh the drifters send up so much smoke that you're um and and gravel and stuff you'll see that so when you're going down this hill don't be distracted by things that move find things that are not going to move so if you find a place in the fence because there is a fence there uh, figure out where your your point of contact is um but don't have something that's moving and be, don't be distracted by the things that are moving out there. So anyway, so we're going down the hill in five. Uh, there's a hill. Uh, you're going to track all the way out as far as you can at the very end of the hill in five um, before you go into that bowl. And th- this bowl, I think, really where uh, the, the best way you can go is to do one of those po- uh, weight stay out, and then dive in at the apex. And the apex is going to be late in the corner. Um, There is... So there's a lot of camber there. It's going to suck you in. It's going to sit you well. 
Um, if there is somebody on the inside that is going in the inside and if you are faster, I think you probably could take an outside line, but I really think the inside line is going to be the best line. So if there's no one around, you think you're faster, go on the inside line, get, get in and out of there as quickly as possible. But patience, patience, patience before you turn that wheel. Yes. Um, but the, the grip and the, the, um, pavement is really grippy there so you have a lot of grip there so it's get, it's very worn out too like it's rough. yeah but it's not polished it's 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 worn out but it's it's, it's, it's grooved yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it seems to have a pretty good good a- angle there go ahead well and you get in your grip because you're at full compression on the suspension and it is correct i i, w- I would argue that is with the exception of the carousel at Summit Point, that's one of the grippiest corners we race. It yeah. will launch you out of there if you hit it right. Yeah. Uh, a couple tips for this. Like Jeff said, patience before you turn in. Stay high, and then you want to turn in and dive down to the apex. If you do the bowl correctly, you turn in once. You do not turn in again. You turn in once and then you hold it and you gradually unwind. If you have to turn in a second time, you have turned in too early. So you wait, you turn in once, you dive down, you look up over the hill past the rock, you gradually unwind your wheel, and then as you get out of the bowl, you just kind of keep going with your gradual rate of turn past straight to right. And that's where the next section we're going to talk about. But the last thing before the bowl is do not go out the top of the bowl. You get to the top of it, and the angle that you lose all your camber, not only do you lose all your camber, your goes from negative to positive, and you will have no traction whatsoever if you get all four wheels over the top of the bowl, and you will go into a very large pit of very round rocks. And yep. unless you have four-wheel drive, you are not getting out of those rocks. Yes, and how many of our teammates have put one of our cars into that deep-ass kitty litter? Mm-hmm. Only two. David, only two of them. David did with the Wago van, and the only yep. reason he got out was he put it in super low gear on the four-wheel drive Wago van, and the thing chugged its way out just barely. And I found rocks in that car until the day we scrapped it. Uh, and then I think Ray put it in there once when the wheel fell off the Cortina. So. Yeah, that was. The whole axle came out. Vicky has pictures of that. The other thing to remember is that your team, because you listen to this show, you're going to be fine. But other teams, they're going to screw that all up, and that is gravel all over that track. Do not put a do not go over the top of the bowl. Do no. not. I think I think Jim was at the top of the bowl when he got hit by the MR2 and cut the tire. Yeah, but I don't think he hit the rocks. No, you know if you hit the rocks. All right, so Chris, you want to keep going with seven eight? Yeah, yeah. So this is um a good as Chris said, it's a really good example. This is a good time to um practice your hands to make sure that you are not um. Shifty, you're not moving your hands so much. If you're unwinding, you're you're turning one in one in to get into the corner. You're unwinding a little bit. You're turning into seven, and you're really only just kind of shifting your you're shifting the wheel a little bit to drive. You're unwinding once. If your hands are all over the place, you're doing wrong. So that's kind of on on Chris's um, idea here. So uh, you are looking. Make sure you're looking up because you're looking up the hill. Getting out of six, going to seven, seven, right where uh, the corner of seven, where the apex is seven, there is a boulder. I think it's right pretty close to that end, or there's a couple boulders right off the side of it. Um, but it's basically a normal corner, um, but that's eight. What? Looking up. It's an there's, eight. Yep. 
Yeah, the boulder okay. is seven. There's a there's a flagger behind the boulder and the inside of seven. Yes. Yes. Yes, but we're not looking up. So, right, don't go to the right of seven because that's where the, the marbles are. Turning into seven, uh, it's a normal corner. Uh, kind of, I think it's just a normal corner. You're basically late apexing as you should. Well, it's seven just an extension of six. Sure, yep. right. That's yep. All it and is. then we're, and then we're turning out and then this is kind of a little bit straight and then we're getting into eight. And, uh, I think Chris, you just want to take over here. Just talk about this. Eight, you're cresting a hill. So if you're coming out of six, if you've turned in once like you're supposed to, you're, you're gradually opening the wheel into seven. Eventually, you're going to be straight in seven, but then you're going to start continuing to turn your wheel to the right because eight is a slight right-hander. Also noted eight, there is a treehouse where the flag say, flagger sits. It used to be a guy in a, like a... It used to be a crane. Like a, a crane, right? They, they actually made an actual little treehouse for him now. So look for the flagger, but you have to look up which is very unusual for most places. So look up for the flagger. As you crest the hill at eight, you're going down into nine. Watch out for gravel on the track here because for the people that don't stay to the right to take the turn for eight because they can't see it, they go into the gravel and they drag a bunch of gravel on the track. That happens all the time. On the inside of nine. They usually fail to the inside of nine. Can I say something about the apex at eight? Uh, so the apex at eight always has a cone. It is right under the tree house. And there are a lot of lemons racers that will, will hyper focus on getting their wheels right on that. And there's a lot of times where I think people are not racing through that section. They're trying to line up and like freight train through that section. So I find this is like a, a, a weird mix of, is that jerk off going to do this wrong? So I'm not going to follow him because he's going to dive in for this and try and clip my nose or hit my bumper because he's so hyper focused on the one apex that he can get all damn track that he's going to try and push me off. So I, I find I find eight to be deceptively easy because the idiots screw it up. Yeah, there's a lot of good passing opportunity at eight, but you have to be yeah. careful. Um, yeah. Nine is you're coming down the hill into nine. Nine is off camber, left hand, downhill, and may have gravel on it. Um, the, the way through nine Unless is... Unless it's the first lap, because if it's the first lap, no gravel. After the sure. first lap, it gravel. has gravel. It has gravel. Uh, you you do not track out in nine because you're setting nope. yourself up for 10. So your line through through eight is you don't track out in eight because you're setting yourself up for nine, which sets yourself up for 10. So you, you come through eight and you kind of stay to the right about two thirds of the way and come through to take nine, which is the left, and you don't track out for nine. My, old, my cue here from even when I used to run this track 15 years ago, there's a little concrete you know jersey barrier wall as you're coming down the hill right before you cross the nascar track you want your car to be even with that wall suspension at rest you're not turning either way when you're with that little wall that's usually when i just give the the, just a brush of the brakes to settle the nose before turning for 10 which crosses the nascar surface again a very important note here do not early apex or you know, 10 because there's something we call the turtle at the apex of 10. It is this we massive bump in the pavement. It is enormous. It really sticks up about 10 or 12 inches. I'd it, say it is almost the size of a Geo Metro. That yeah. thing is friggin' huge. I don't know why they still have it. I don't know, but whatever it is, if you hit well, it, I, you will roll your car. No doubt. I, I, 
I think that turtle is some sort of structural piece for the NASCAR wall. Yeah. Because it's right where the NASCAR wall like would extend to and it it, it has to be something holding on to the NASCAR wall. It's got to well, be. At the very least, the turtle keeps people away from the guy they have flagging who just kind of hides <laughs> behind the edge of the wall there and holds the flags like out into the lane of traffic. <laughs> so um, it works. Don't hit the turtle. Um, yeah. but The turtle will flip your car. Seriously. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah, don't hit it. Uh, now, but coming across 10, 10 is very wide and deceptive. But you're going through two different changes in elevation. You're hitting the bottom of the you know, where the hill comes down and hitting the NASCAR track, which gives you traction. But then it falls away from that. So you get traction and then you lose it and your car has to deal with a bump. So depending on how good your suspension is, it may not react well to that bump. You want to try to make sure you're later apexing 10, A, to avoid the turtle, and B, to um, mitigate the effects of the bumps and the lack of traction toward the inside on 10. Hmm. Comments? Okay. Don't hit the turn on. And it, it, every mistake that these guys are pointing out, someone's going to make several times. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I don't, I lost count of how many times I came into 10 and was nose to nose with the car that had danced with the turtle and got spun. Yep. Oh, I spun Betty there the first time out when it was evil handling. <laughs> I found myself turning around and I almost didn't realize what was happening at first. Like, what the hell? No, I didn't spin here. <laughs> right. There I was. Uh, I, I just want to say it widens a lot after 10. So there's there's more track there than you think. Come across that bottom part, you get a little get a little loose in the caboose and you got to go a little less turny. Usually you have enough room to just open your steering wheel a little more. Yep. Sometimes you get some marbles out there, but it's still better than going in the grass. But yep. after 10 coming into 11 and 11A, it chokes back down. It chokes mm-hmm. right back down. It's a single file line basically through 11a um the last set of s's before you get back on the nascar track so you're it's a good time to make a pass between 10 and 11 but get yourself sorted out especially because the curbing on the right hand side of 11a is a not friendly curbing you do not want to be going over that if you can help it unless you're in a rolls royce or a citroen which has an amazing amount of suspension travel and big fat (laughs) tires and then you can and you can just say like whatever did i just run over a peasant i don't think so (laughs) So, i i actually think the worst chunk is it's not even numbered on this map like 11 11 b yeah you know like i think that's the nasty nasty curbing well if you get yourself set up for 11 and 11 a um 11a you're it's it's a little jut of curbing on the right you want to be right kiss that and then everything else you're doing is setting yourself for 12 which is getting yourself getting back on the nascar straight so you come through 11a you stay left after 11a against the curbing and then you have to watch out for the curbing that comes out for 11b that's not even on the map and it gets slippery over there um, and it's also off camber, and the curbing is is slippery, especially if it's wet. You're, if you hit it, you're going you're going off. So, mm-hmm. you know, be patient through the elevenses to set yourself up properly for twelve. However, you get through the elevenses, it doesn't really matter as long as you're getting on the gas as early as you possibly can to hug the wall of cones in twelve back onto the track, and also. 11B into 12 is how you get back into the pits. That is where your track off is. So watch out for people on the left side getting off the track. 
but then hug your cone wall full throttle back onto the straight. And there you go. Woo. I was going to yeah. say we should uh, mention there is also a flagger at 11A, um, yep. which is going to be the only flag you get until start finish. So it's important because a lot of people screw up 12 and end up in the wall or end up spinning the RX-7 multiple yep. times and blocking <laughs> the track or having their Mustang get Malachi crunched because it's the first time they've ever been on the track. So, yeah, so a lot of things happen between 12 do and they, start uh, Do they use the NASCAR lights, the light system they on do, the track still? But yeah. only Excellent. for um, double, double yellow. yellow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good, it's, good mention. It's an interesting technical track with a lot of places that can catch you, um, but it's not the kind of place that has the subtleties of, like, Road Atlanta that takes years to master. Once you kind of get the hang of it, you get the hang of it. So mm-hmm. it, it, it is one of my, it, it is a, a terribly enjoyable track, too. That is just, it is just so much fun. Never had a bad weekend there. Hmm? I've never had a bad weekend at a racetrack ever. Even the worst ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. That <laughs> Better than a week at, CM- at work. The weekend at CMP that everything blew up. That was up, bad. That was right. pretty bad. That was bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's a few, but not so many. I had such a bad time at CMP, I mounted flat-spotted tires. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were corded. That's what it they was. Were corded, they were corded, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you had, you had a good fine. time that weekend anyway. Yeah. <laughs> look, when your car breaks, you still get to drink. Right. <laughs> so, uh, anybody want to talk just in general about the chorus or about the party or about anything else? Yes. I'm saying go. Oh, okay. Well, he's he's pointing at you, Chris. Well, Me? You, I, no. Yeah. Chris, okay. Uh, New Hampshire Motorsports Speedway is a oh, one this point. Is, this is lame. I wasn't even going to say this. I didn't no, 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 no. The, the, the important the part party. is the party, oh, which is Chrissy. The party. Okay, so we're right in time with Halloween. Segue. I'm sorry about that. I just there's copy there. Um, we're right in time with Halloween, and there's going to be a costume party. Come in your costume. Prizes are going to be given away. Um, maybe my mom's cookies. Maybe we'll see. So when is this great party, Chrissy? The potluck will be on Saturday evening after the race is over i think we're gonna do it seven o'clock in the hq garage bays um if you can please bring if you're gonna bring a dish which i really hope you do um and if you brought some kind of meat product at the thompson race just do that again because it was awesome sauce uh bringing you still have the meat sweat i know (laughs) <laughs> but they're such um, good meat sweets. I know, it's so good. Um, if you could bring a utensil with your dish, that would be fantastic. I have so many, but uh, if you could bring one, that would be awesome, too. We're going to uh, have the plasticware and plates. Bring a drink, a chair, and a great attitude. We're going to do its costume time because it's Halloween, duh. Um, bring a costume. We're going to bring some prizes for you for the best following. Uh, oh, are there categories? Tell me those categories. Yes. Best drag costume. Best Bruce Lee Odie, always. Uh, I don't know. Drag racer or <laughs> the other good, gender. Good call. I'll go okay, either. Well, yeah, okay, Dude, got for you, determination. You, yeah. yeah, totally. Best onesie. Best makeup. Best highest. Oh, highest heels. Greg. Most inappropriate. Matt. After dinner, after dinner, we're going to have a uh, music and lights dance party. It's going to be awesome sauce. If you are bringing food or you want to come, please 
uh, sign up on the 24 Hours of Lemons forum page that we have. Uh, we'll have in our show notes. It's also on the forum page. Go there. Sell, tell us how many people you're going to bring, what you're bringing, and uh, and hopefully we'll see you there. And you've got that up on what, some of those Facebook groups too. Not just I did already. Right. I just posted them up right now. Great. Am I doing fried turkeys for this deal? Yeah. Uh, yes, please. Okay. Fried One turkeys or, from Jeff. Like like Hell, two maybe. We yeah. don't have to do seven like we've done in the past. But no, that was really <laughs> hard. Yeah. That was too many. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do three. I don't know. Two, three, okay. somewhere. In oh, there. okay. Great. All right. That's it for our main topics. Time for hello sweet or but terrible. Hello sweet or but terrible. That was terrible. Wow. Fair yeah. enough. Oh. But terrible. For rating the intro, that was terrible. Yeah, but terrible. So, no. Tell us. Hello sweet. This, this is this is a hell sweet bread table about right. the news from Lucky Dog and Handcook. So, to refresh, you have to run Handcook RS4s in Lucky Dog now, which apparently seventy three percent of their field are already doing. Um, if you do so, that gets you able to be on the podium and gets you available for contingency. Handcook's also giving you discounts to do it, um, and deep they're, they're pretty reasonable. Deep discounts, yeah, they're good. So, but the downside is. That's a, now it's a spec tire series. Some people like other tires. Some people like other things. Some people don't like to be told what to do because America and you're not going to take my guns. Um, so you can have it, my Douglas Ultra tracks when you prime for my cold dead rims. Exactly. So hella well, sweet or but I, terrible. The lucky dogs new uh, tire rolls. Let, let me first ask a question. What is reasonable, reasonably upset Mike going to run on his mini? Because I don't think they make RS4s they don't make in, on 13-inch in, in wheels. wheels. Right. Um, I, yeah. think, I think there's an exception for those who really can't. They said it'll fit 95% of the field. I think that 5% was was normal, well-adjusted Mike's. Normal, well-adjusted Mike. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. couldn't remember what we called him yes. now. Right? It's not crazy Mike. It's normal, well-adjusted Not well crazy Mike, Mike anymore, yes. Yeah. Um, Very stable there, genius, there Mike. Yeah. Yes. Jeff. All right. So I will go first on this. I think this is a great idea. I think this is a great idea for two reasons. One, they happen to pick the best tire right now. I will say right now. Yeah. By the uh, way, this is a three-year agreement. Three-year agreement. Probably by the end of the three years, it will not be the hot tire unless they continue to update it. But I will say I don't think it really matters because if you're giving a deep discount on a good tire and everybody's running it, it's fair game. So also, you can't get on the podium if you're not running one. Like if you yeah, want to well, yeah. run RE71s, great, go for it. But go for it. You can't win for you. Can, you can do as well as fourth. Congratulations. Well, well, exactly. And 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 once this is no longer the hot tire, and because they are discounting it, it's a way to keep the speed slightly equaled. Anything that that reduces speed creep is a good thing. As long as it isn't like doing something really stupid, like a throttle plate or something like that. So, spec tire, you get them cheap. Hell yes, hella sweet. Chrissy, what's in? What are you holding in your hand? It's like it looks like a t- turkey baster. It is not turkey. It is, it is part of the spikes from the S and M costume. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, he I, likes I, to sit on them. No, no, no. We were cleaning the room, and I, I found the whole bag full wow. of Wow. Oh, so. very nice. Okay. The closet. Now, do All you right. have an answer for so, the spectacular? Chrissy, you got to keep going. <laughs> sure, no problem. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with Jeff. I'm thinking it's awesome. It's really interesting to have a set of tires that are 
for everybody that should make everybody legal and um, really consistent, you think? Because uh, then you're just only battling with everything else other than tire. We don't have any other series that really does this with leveling with one set of tires or the best set of their tires. Um, I... I'm also thinking that's going to be different in three years, but for the first year, hell yeah. I think it's a great idea. Um, also, hell yeah, because there's discounts and we can get them. So I'm all over that. Uh, actually, doesn't Spec Miata run a spec tire? They do. Yep. They do. Not They're not an endurance race, of course. No, it's an R compound. I think it's yeah. one, of the, one of the Toyos. Mm-hmm. I forget which one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mental? I'm going to go with it's hella sweet for completely different reasons. I, I've always been a proponent of legitimizing this sport you know oh you know people always they say oh you do that lemons thing and they think back to 2007 when the corner workers were hurling lemons and i come back to you know greg biffle tony stewart i mean the you know legit racers have run this series because it is a ton of fun and there is some seriously talented people in endurance racing i feel that hancock over the last couple of years, have aggressively pursued not just the technology, but this market as well. And what a great development platform. Because if they're back in this, they're going to see what this is doing to their tires. And I think they are using this as an opportunity that in three years, they're going to stay on top. Or at least they're going to do their level best to try to stay on top. The The... And I wonder if the other manufacturers that have, you know, suddenly their their 60-tread compound tires, now a 180-tread wear compound tire, are going to follow suit. And I wonder if they're going to court the other series or even go to court Lucky Dog and see, hey, we'll give you an even deeper discount. I love it. It's 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 now, you know, kind of a competitive environment, and the winners are going to be the tire developers, and the winners are going to be the racers. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Chris, what's your opinion? I'm all for it, mostly because it's a great tire right now. I think it's this of all the treadwear. They should totally yeah. sponsor us. Well, of all the two hundred treadwear weapon tires that are currently out there, it gives up a little bit of traction to like an RE seventy one or a rival S, but it lasts twice, three times as long at a similar or better price. Um the times you run into problems with spec tires is when they're not the best tire around. It's like when they kind of suck or they're really expensive or both, which happens sometimes, mm-hmm. then no one wants to run the spec tire and everyone's upset about it. Where in this case, this is a great choice. Um, and, and they've addressed most of the issues that also people have with spec tires and that, oh, they're too expensive. Well, okay, there's discounts. Oh, I can't get them. Well, they have guaranteed availability on the six most popular sizes. And the other sizes, if you just give them 90 days notice, they'll make sure you have enough. Um, they'll even give you, if you buy a bunch, they give you like discount freight shipping. There's, they're, they're trying to address all of the problems that spec tire series have. Um, and the fact that they already had 74% of the, their series running this tire on their own choice means that this was already the tire that the racers had chosen to be the best. So, uh, I'm a fan. Hey, discounts, contingency. This is, this is, you know, closing in on real racing, yo. All right. So here's a quick follow up question for just Chris. Because I think he brought the question to us. What if Lemons struck a deal tomorrow with Falcon? We all had to run a Zenas, which are not our favorite, but are plentiful in the field. We got deep discounts. We got contingency. We needed it to win any of the class wins. And they guaranteed all the availability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
Uh, we'd have to redo half of our suspension. Our suspension is set up based on a reverse stagger right now with the wider, bigger tires in the front and smaller in the back, which is, dictates our spring rates, which dictates our suspension setting. So we would have to rejigger our whole setup if I had to go back to running a, a 205 all around. No, but let's say they had the right sizes. Yeah. If they had the right sizes, I mean, it's good enough. If anything, it, it holds the speed creep in place. It holds the cost in place because the Falcon, Falcon is still a decent tire, lasts pretty well, reasonably priced. It's not like they're saying everyone must run rival S's, which are the most expensive and fastest wearing. And fastest wearing. Exactly. Right. That's what I was trying to get at. So yeah. so really, mm-hmm. even if it's not the cutting edge, as long as it's good enough, available enough, and wears and hard And doggone enough, people like it. And yep. doggone people like and, it. And the people who are running their Class Cs or the back-of-the-pack people who just don't care, they can still run they're their Douglas after track 2s or their snow tires or whatever it is because they're not <laughs> in the podium and they're not going to get contingency. So, Wait, we should mention this. Bill, Bill, do not put snow tires on your car. <laughs> <laughs> While we're here, Bill, Bill, tighten up the lug nuts on the ombre before you drive it on the street. Oh, yes. no. We saw that on the Instagram. <laughs> Someone tell us about next week's show. All right, folks. We're we're genuinely actually excited about this. We're having the Hell one, yeah. the only, the Nick Pond. So he's going to be on the show. We had Jay on the show, talked about his background. Not a lot of people know Nick is also an accomplished automotive journalist and has been for a great many years in addition to being a pretty good gospel piano player. So we're going to get him on the show to talk about his history, oh, his BMW. Yeah, his BMW 2002 that is perennially always on a flatbed. Uh, And most importantly, how to get on his nice side. Because if you're emailing lemons, usually it's Nick. And if you start off with stupid things and make a lot of demands, well, it's just amusing for the rest of us. But yeah, we'll talk about how to get on Nick's uh, good side. It's going to be a great episode. I like that Nick is always able to guarantee everyone in the paddock a great paddock space of their choosing. And perfect weather at every race. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the other silly things that he uh-huh. that gets. <laughs> Did anyone read the email for, I think it was the Ridge that had the 6969 on it? Yeah. They did a great love, uh, uh, numbers are hard montage. That you just, yep. you just, if, if you're not actually reading the emails and clicking the links on the lemons emails, you you're missing it. You're totally absolutely should. missing it. Anyway, you should also totally thank. let us thank you for downloading us. We hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Everyone Racers. We also hope you'll join us in the world of driving, racing, and building because everyone can be a racer, even you. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe. It is totally free. Then go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Even if you hate us, give us five stars and tell us why. If you have any questions or show ideas, drop a comment on our Facebook page, everyone racers or email us at everyone.racers at gmail.com find us on instagram or twitter at everyone racers everyone.racers excuse me thanks again and until next week keep the shiny side up unless you're like us and nobody has a shiny side then just keep your hand cook rs4s down (laughs) 